Welcome to episode 50 of the Amanda Wagner podcast. This is a very exciting episode because this is when LP takes the reins. She has developed some questions for me, interview style, where we reflect on the last year, which has been 25 podcast episodes, many Instagram posts, claim your spotlight, know my name, speaking gigs, all sorts of amazing things. And so we tap into some of that reflection and dig into what happened this year, what's going to happen next year. And as always, the Kleenex is nearby because sometimes it just pulls that out. I'm Amanda Wagner, a business strategist, coach, and professional speaker. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs who are done shopping for shortcuts, no longer waiting for an invitation to do what they want and are ready to claim their spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and triumphs of ambition and bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically in a noisy world, and share our experiences as entrepreneurs with big ambition. As I was prepping for the episode, I felt a little bit like I was preparing to sit down with you for a performance review a little bit, but, <laughs> but in the best possible way. Yes. I you love know, this it. Is, this is an opportunity to reflect and to ponder the year and hopefully our, our listeners are out for walks or out for drives and draw some inspiration from the questions and consider their own answers as well. Yes, that's my hope. And it's one of my favorite things to do as an eavesdropper on a podcast is to hear the question and more than hearing the answer. I'm like, how would I answer that? So take these questions, run with them, use them for yourselves. Um, Again, get the Kleenex if that's your, if that's your style. But uh, yeah, this, I, this is my performance review, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I went from being your producer slash work wife to your supervisor for the next half an hour. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it. As long as I get gold stars and a raise, I'm in. I mean, I can't promise the raise, but I'll give you a whole sheet worth of stickers if you'd like. I will take it. You heard it here, audience. I will let you know if those arrive in the mail. <laughs> okay, so let's jump in. Let's. I want to kind of set the scene first and ask you, how did you spend most of your energy this year? Ooh. Great question. How did I spend most of my energy? My instinct is to make a joke and say that I spent most of my energy ruminating and overthinking and second guessing. But this year, I really committed to taking action. And so most of my energy was spent going, how can I get the largest reward with the smallest amount of work? What's the leanest way possible to hit some of my big goals? So most of my energy was spent going back and forth between how do I play the short game? How do I play the long game? And where does my energy need to be right now to achieve the goals that I want? And are you happy with what you achieved, what you accomplished? I am. Uh, I don't know why I sound so surprised. I, I think that what I thought I wanted to end the year with, which was like, I've published a book. That's changed. Or um, I had 40 people in Claim Your Spotlight. That changed. 
right? I had half of that number. Or I want to be a guest on 20 podcasts. That changed. So I think, am I happy with it? Yes. And did it demand some flexibility? Absolutely, yes. I had to adjust my goals. I had to change what I want. And this year has been about about impact and about agility. So have I done those things? Absolutely, I have. You mentioned the need for flexibility and you and I are both type A people who have our lists and our planners and we're pretty organized. Are you becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable and having to adapt? Absolutely. And it's been so interesting because as people who talk a lot about boundaries, I've noticed that my boundaries have have changed and that doesn't necessarily mean that they slid because there are still some areas of my life where, for instance, I don't watch Netflix in my office. That is work. That's my workspace and not a home space. But some of my other boundaries have become more flexible simply because of the nature of the work that I do. When I'm working one-on-one with people, and these are highly ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs, sometimes schedules change. Sometimes our, our heads are not in the place where we want them to be or expect them to be. So it's really challenged me to find some space for that flexibility. And one of the workshops that I delivered in the spring was about found time. And I worked with a group of people and said, how can we take found time when we have an extra 20 minutes or hour that we weren't expecting? How could we use that? And even though I was teaching it, it was one of those workshops that I left going, shit, it's time to take your own advice. So when I do get that hour, how do I spend it? I'm, I'm liking the flexibility. And as much as I'm not a, a woo woo manifestor universe person, I have found that especially in the last three months, my work has actually been slower. And instead of panicking and freaking out about the seasonality of my business, it's actually opened up space for me to figure out what am I really trying to achieve to like kind of get off the hamster wheel for a second and go, how do we make this whole machine a little bit better? Or what are the the contracts and the prospects that I actually want that are going to help me reach my goals? You introduced some new boundaries this year. You mentioned no Netflix in the office and those sorts of things. Is there a new or old, I suppose, boundary that you're most proud of implementing? That's a really great question. I think one of the ones that I'm most proud of is that I allow myself a lot more downtime and recovery time than ever before. Because I think before I would I would have the downtime, but I would spend the downtime going, I'm supposed to be working. Should I be doing something? Should I be reading a business book right now? And so it, it's interesting to say, I've put in a boundary that lets me have more downtime, but accepting that not all hours are created equal. So an hour that I spend writing something or coming up with some sort of strategy is very different than an hour cleaning my office. And so even though it looks like the same amount of time, when I play with what that energy capacity is, it's different. And so I, I'm really proud that I have 
been able to do that and drop the guilt. It isn't, it isn't serving me anymore. And I would say one of the other, the other boundaries is just around accepting that there has to be room in the world for people like me, people who want everything, people who want to be a big deal, people who are impatiently ambitious and, and dropping the guilt around that too. This is who I am. This is what I want. And there are many people who don't want that. And isn't that great news? It means there's space for me and there's space for them. I have a post-it note that um, a wonderful friend, Carrie Nicholson said to me, she said, Amanda, there's room for two Oprahs. And she said that to me and I wrote it down and it, it stays on my desk as this reminder that there is space for me, even if other people don't get it. You are the posted note queen. We put them on the Instagram feed all the time. We've referenced them on previous episodes of the podcast. We are on Zoom right now, so I can't really see what's around you, but I'd love to know what other posted notes you have on your desk. Oh, I would love to share this. I will send you a picture for Instagram. Um, I have, there's room for two Oprahs. I have from January 10th, I have, I want to retire, claim your spotlight in its current form by the end of 2021. So that next year I'm speaking to wider audiences, making more money and changing more lives. So within two weeks of having launched this program, I already knew that it wasn't the end. It was a stepping stone. It was one piece. It doesn't mean that I didn't fully commit to it. I fully committed to it, but I also committed to, I'm going to change this. Um, two other ones I have, I am now the kind of person who insists on using my voice and writing in my style because I trust that people need to hear what I have to say. I have, they're not paying you a lot of money. They are paying your fee for the service you deliver, which we have talked about before in episode 48, we talked a lot about discounts and that came up. And the one that I've recently added is you can't be known for something if you're trying to do everything. Many of the things that, that come out on these post-its are either things that people have said to me or that I have said to a client and go, okay, let's reflect that back. I need that to come back to me. And I will, like I said, I will send you this photo. We'll post it on Instagram, but these post-its are all on a, a gold picture frame that inside of it has a post-it from my best friend, Danielle, who was featured on the podcast. And it says, I think of you when I'm scared to do new things. And that's one of those, like, keep me going moments. If, if one other person sees that in me and I can help somebody harness that bravery, then I have to keep going. I have a responsibility here. And I, I love that. You mentioned claim your spotlight, which is nice timing. Cause I want to chat about that. You decided to pause the Claim Your Spotlight program. Like you said, not that you weren't committed to it. You were balls to the walls on Claim Your Spotlight earlier this year. Let's talk about the step back and why it's time for you to, to hit pause on that program. It is a very intentional setback. And it's scary to talk about because I think the assumption when somebody stops doing something is that it wasn't working. And it was working. I had a ton of success with some really incredible clients who I am still in touch with, still call me to celebrate their successes. There's, there's so much that happened in that room with those people. 
What I knew is that spending six hours over eight weeks with one person, it informed more of what I wanted to do. And I'm looking at it. How can I take what is happening in here that is magical and make sure that it's not just for one person? So for 2022, I am still offering private coaching. I can work with individual clients on coaching and strategy. And if somebody is desperate for claim your spotlight, will I pull it out of the woodwork? Absolutely. But what I had to do was really look at the trends in people that are coming my way and the people that I'm reaching out to. And so I took my favorite parts of claim your spotlight, which was talking with these highly ambitious people who want big things and who are typically afraid to say it out loud people who really want to be known for something big and want to focus and need somebody to talk about it with and then figure out like what could happen if there was more than one other brain in the room and so I created know my name lower price point lower commitment from me in terms of time. It's two hours a month instead of six hours with each individual person so that I could spend a little bit less time on Zoom and I could spend more time performing and just seeing the magic that can happen when these ambitious people know that they are not alone. And even if they're not in the same industry, there's this sigh of relief and this sense of like, oh, they get me. So no, my name was really built so that I could retire, claim your spotlight in its current form. You mentioned the work you do with highly ambitious people. And so often you are the person that people call when something goes right. Often before their significant other or their partner, you are number one on the call sheet. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear uh, uh, just a a little glimpse into what some of those calls sounded like this year. What were some of the wins that people shared with you? I have goosebumps just thinking about it. (laughs) Um, I got a call about two weeks ago from a woman who runs a retail store and she had her first $10,000 day. I have a photographer who met her revenue goal for the year that she thought was really ambitious when she said it in February. She hit her revenue goal in October. I have another photographer whose calendar is totally booked until February, 2022. And more than anything, there's one woman in particular that I'm thinking that really embraced going national thinking beyond our city and our province and saying, I want to be bigger. And now we get to play with what that looks like. So there are many, nothing excites me like one of those phone calls or a, I got this testimonial and they said what I, what I so needed to hear. And that's the absolute best part of my job. I say like, here is my phone number call me anytime because I get goosebumps just talking about it, but that's, I stand up. I like just explode with excitement. And I have people who are, are planning to quit their jobs to do something new and different and that they want. Um, it is truly the best, the best part of my job. Listener, you can't see her face, but she's glowing (laughs) with joy right now. (laughs) It's, it's the best. And it's, it's so interesting because what it does 
is every single one of those calls reminds me that I have to keep moving faster. It's like, okay, they had this huge milestone or this big accomplishment. It's like, I want to follow that. I want to follow that leader now. I want to make sure that I have somebody that I can call. You have a really interesting job in the fact that you are in an ongoing loop of inspiration. You provide it to your clients and I feel like they give it right back to you. Yeah. Which is a really interesting space, I think. It is interesting because as I was saying that, I think it could sound competitive. It could sound like, oh, this person made a hundred grand. Well, I need to make 110 grand. It's not that. It's not competitive. It's not um, that I don't want them to have it, right? That jealousy that says you have it. I want to take it away from you. It's still tapping into some of that envy and seeing other people as leaders and thinking if I can help these people do these things, how can I help myself? And I, I also have colleagues and friends who will say to me like, so who's your Amanda Wagner? Who do you get to call? And my job is to make sure that I still have those people that challenge me and push me and pull out interesting things, call me on my shit. And, and people I know that I can call and say, holy shit, this worked. Or I got the contract or this client said this and I need to bottle it up. So it, it is an ongoing loop of that. And, and to be honest, I mean, it's not all puppies and rainbows. I don't want to scare people off and say like, so I guess I can't work with Amanda if everything's not amazing. Trust me, there's also a circle of tears. There, there is also a circle of, of frustration and resentment. Um, it happens sometimes. But I think what, what is really cool is that I'm so clear with who I'm talking to that those kind of feedback loops happen really naturally. And I want to believe that the people who come into my Zoom room, the people that I get to connect with, um, they see they see that they are, yes, they're the client, but they're also the leader and that, that their work is, is benefiting more than just them. I want to uh, stay on the train of it's not puppies and rainbows just for another second longer, not to be the Debbie Downer, but I do, we've talked a lot about joy and the best parts of your job and the best parts of this year. I do want to ask what was disappointing about this year for you? I think what was disappointing about this year is that it didn't look how I thought it would. Like I said, when it comes to claim your spotlight, it sounds like such a simple, like technical thing. I wanted 40 people in there and it didn't happen. And that was hard. I didn't, I was so keen and am so keen to write the book, but I had to make a decision about what I really wanted with it and, and face some of my, my ego, which was to say, I do want to write this book. I am writing but I don't want to self-publish and judge me as you wish for that answer. But I would rather continue to build my audience, continue to build my engagement, shop for an agent who shops for a publisher. So maybe I don't publish the book in 2022. I want to publish it the way I want. Maybe it takes me till 2025. So, so it was hard to face some of those things that I really said I wanted for this year and having to renegotiate the 
am I writing a book simply so that I can say I've written a book or am I writing a book that is shopped out to a publisher that becomes a book tour that becomes the tool that helps me get on more stages? So some of it, it's challenging to slow down on something that you really want so that I can get something that I want in the way that I want it. I'm trying to think of what other, what else didn't, didn't go my way. Liz, do you, can you think of anything? That didn't go your way? Yeah. Or that wasn't puppies and rainbows for me. Cause you are definitely one of the people that, that I would call. I mean, and this isn't a huge thing, but it is disappointing when we, as a team, put in the effort to promote a workshop or the book club or things like that, (laughs) that people just don't sign up for. Right. Right. And so I think we could be really sad about it or say, Hey, remember that time I hosted that book club (laughs) one month and then was like, fuck it. This isn't worth it right now. This isn't, this isn't achieving the goal that I hoped. Or I, I suppose one of my funniest failures again, funny now, maybe not funny then was having somebody sign up for a claim your spotlight workshop. We have this magical conversation for an hour. I lead her through everything. And I'm like, I I always start with the bottom line is I am selling this program. Here's what it is. And I wrap up and I go, so imagine if we met once a week, how much further could we take this? And this person said, you know what? I got everything I needed in this hour. Thank you. I was like, ugh. Ugh. And I, I have to laugh because my instinct is like, bitch, please. That's not okay. But I'm, I laugh because I'm like, that's me what, giving it all away. And that's part of playing a long game because I do, I do need to rethink how I do this workshop. How do I keep something close to me? Even though I'm like reconciling that with my belief that I want people to see if she's this good for free, imagine what she would do if I paid her. One of the challenges of being that good for free is that there are some people who say, I got what I needed. So it, it, it definitely teaches me things. It's I'm still in my charming years. You had mentioned a few minutes ago that people ask you who your Amanda Wagner is. And I'd love to chat about that for a second for our listeners who've never had the opportunity to ask you that themselves. Who is your AW? or your team of AWs? I have a team of AWs. Coach Jenny, I mean, Liz, of course it's you. I, I call you with everything, good, bad, and ugly. You are one of the very few people that we can FaceTime without warning. And I really like that. Um, Which is, yeah, that's true. Like friendship, partnership, to be able to FaceTime without a heads up is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I t- like I decline those if I'm like, oh, no, yeah. we're not at that level. But with you and I, it's like, yeah, I know you're you're on the couch without a bra. And yep. it's it's how it goes. <laughs> we just yeah. know what that standard is. Um, you coach Jenny, Robin, of course. Interestingly, I found this a bit in some of my clients because I have one of the boundaries is like, no, this is your time and your space. But now that I have some people that I've worked with for over a year, when they ask how I'm doing, I've learned to trust and and ask explicitly, do they want to know the details? 
Do they want to know when things aren't all puppies and rainbows? Do they want to know what's actually happening? Or is it a, a question where you say, oh, I'm good. Everything's great. So I have some people that will call me to celebrate and then will will say the same to me. Go, okay, so what are you celebrating? I, I have a couple that I, I call for different things. There's one person who is like not on the internet and loves her anonymity. So of course I won't share her name, but but she is is somebody that again I will FaceTime out of nowhere and know that she will be jacked up and sweaty and so ready to hear it. And again, that's the good, bad, and ugly. Thank God for those people. (laughs) So we did this podcast, the same style of podcast, 25 episodes ago at the end of 2020. Yes. Since we published that episode... How are you a different business owner, person, supporter of others? How have you changed since we had this conversation a year ago? This sounds negative, but I swear it's positive. I have so much less, less patience <laughs> than I used to in a great way. I have less patience for myself in not in that, like I'm harder on myself, but in a, like, make a decision. Let's take some action. I, I'm definitely more trusting that somebody needs what I have to say. I am different as a business owner because I'm, I'm hedging a lot less. So interestingly, the day that this episode comes out, I will also be officially launching some new branding. And the focus is on bolder and better. And that boldness doesn't scare me as much as it used to. Felt like I was a little bit gun shy about, oh, people aren't going to like me. And what if I say something wrong that pisses somebody off? Or I'm never going to be one of like the cool girls in my city. I just care a lot less about that now. I recover faster from shitty things. And I think this is, this year has really been one where I'm figuring out what matters. My friend Jenna has the best analogy of, of how all the balls we have in the air. And she says, some balls are glass and some balls are plastic. You will inevitably drop some of them. Your job is to make sure that it's the plastic ones most of the time. So yeah, I've dropped some plastic balls. Great. The glass ones are still in the air. And if a glass one breaks, then we sweep it up. Um, So I, I, my recovery time is quicker. My patience is lower. um, And what I want is, is clearer than ever. I'm a I'm less precious about things as I used to. One of the big conflicts that, that I faced at the end of 2019 was what happens with the compliment, my other business, focused on retail training, professional development, focused on customer experience and sales. And I'm not sweating that as much. It still exists. I can still do some of that work, but I think that there's a renewed sense of, of confidence and 
I don't show up to things, A, that I don't want to, virtual or in person. And B, I don't show up to things smelling like hairspray and desperation. I'm not desperate. I'm really not desperate anymore. And I mean, it's taken me four years to get here, but I don't feel like I'm begging to be seen. I don't feel like I'm begging to be included. I'm taking up more space. And that feels so good. I bet it does. Mm -hmm. It like, it gets me excited thinking, I'm like, how do I take up more space tomorrow? Mm-hmm. How much are you sweating over there right now? Oh my God. You have no idea. Like <laughs> I have a, a white collared shirt on and a sweater and oof, there are layers happening and oh yeah, this is a, there's, there's some pit stains happening. Here. Good. <laughs> Good. Some of the times I'm glad we're not in the same room. <laughs> yes. You should be very happy about this. <laughs> you said that what you want is clearer than ever. So let's talk about that in terms of 2022, how is this next year going to look different? How have your goals shifted? Yeah, my, my focus is on more, more impact, more people, more presence. And instead of doing some of this waiting of like, oh, I I have to write the book and then I can look for an agent. It's like, no, I'm writing. Let myself experience some of the joy and excitement of looking for an agent. Same with speaking. Instead of trying to find speaking gigs and applying for them all myself, I had a conversation with like an, an entertainment speaking agency. It was like, at what point in my career do I call you to help me get more of these speaking gigs? So I think the big change is it's a lot less piecemeal. So for for instance, it's a great way to think about this is at the beginning of every month, instead of sending 10 invoices for little chunks, I want to send four for bigger chunks. So it's it's bigger projects. It's less hour here and there and more, we're committed, we're in this for the long haul. I want to be reaching more people at one time. So that's where my energy really is. It it makes more sense for, for the book. It explains why I do more writing. It explains why I'm doing the rebrand. I want to be perceived in a different way. And so my job is to make sure that I, I communicate that. So with the goal of reaching more people and being on bigger stages, What are the things you're going to be talking about on these stages? I know that these are topics that you have covered already, but what are the three or or five things that we can look forward to seeing you cover when you're on those giant stages? The number one, of course, is that your ambition doesn't have to be a dirty little secret because there are many, many people that I have had the same experience I had of why is she up there and I'm not. So, so number one is, is getting rid of some of the, the shame and guilt that we feel for wanting big things. The second one is, it follows naturally, what are you waiting for? An invitation? Getting people to really dig into if, what are they waiting for? And the second piece, which is, if you knew somebody would say yes, what would you be asking for? So building up some confidence and some assertiveness to ask for more in a way that really gets you what you want. 
And where I'm, I'm really working and exploring and using myself kind of as client zero is how envy can be a superpower because I am a deeply envious person. We have multiple episodes on professional envy. And I think it it starts with the difference between jealousy and envy, but really using envy to, to guide you. Uh, Brene Brown released a book yesterday and some people are freaked out by that and going, how is this bitch publishing all these books? And other people are going, she's publishing all these books. How do I get to that level? I see what you have and I want it. So, so ambition doesn't have to be a dirty little secret. Stop waiting for your invitation and using envy to get you what you want. That's the space that I play in. And I think if you asked me that question last year, I would have fumbled a lot more on that. I would have been like, well, I can talk about this. I can talk about building a values-based customer experience. I can talk about how to sell without feeling sleazy. So yes, I can still do those things, but what's the space I want to play in? Ambition, invitations, and envy. And all of these things contribute to getting people who want to be known out there. I'm not a fame strategist. I can't tell you how to get famous. I don't have a 10-step program to getting you publicity. But what I do have are ideas, strategies, little uh, gas cans of fuel to throw on your pilot light to help you get out there so that people know your name and they know who you are for the right reason. That clarity that you have and that confidence that you have in this answer about what your thing is and what you want to speak about, is that what you're most proud of from this last year or what are you most proud of from the last 365 days? That's a huge piece. I thought you were going to ask, like, where did that come from? And I say many, many hours of coaching and tears and drafts. Um, it's one of the things I'm most proud of. Absolutely. Um, that I, that I have that clarity that I'm no longer fumbling. And I think why I'm most proud of it is because up to this point, I found myself bored with some parts of my work or assuming that just because I've told the, what are you waiting for an invitation story, or the, why is she up there and I'm not story that it's bored, excuse me, that it's boring, that everybody's heard it, that it's now tired. And I'm really starting to believe that I'm not, I'm not here to entertain myself. I don't get bored when I hear other people's origin stories. And so I need to, I, I need that repetition It feels annoying, but I need that repetition because I cannot guarantee that people are going to all receive that message in the exact same way. In a previous episode, I believe it was episode 45, we talk about our greatest hits. What are the things we say over and over again? And nothing delights me like when somebody I don't know very well or that I meet in person, but only on Instagram says, oh, I had a don't ask, don't get moment. I'm like, okay, tell me everything. Let's stop. I want to hear this. 
Um, and that's because I say, don't ask, don't get over and over again. So I'm, I'm really proud that I have finally honed myself in to pick a handful of things and do them really well, because you can't be known for something if you're trying to do everything. You mentioned a specific podcast episode, uh, episode 45, which was us sharing our greatest hits. Do you have some favorite episodes from this year? Yes, 100%. So one of my, two of my favorite episodes, of course, featured Amelia Nash and her experience in a coaching room with me where we explicitly talked about her business and growing her business and what she wants. And that is one of the coolest little series because it started as a regular coaching and strategy call. And it morphed into this, like, I need to share this with you. Um, one of my other favorites is, is about idea hoarding, episode 44, why we need to share our best stuff instead of keeping it hidden. And I dug into, I dug into kind of my, my sales brain and we released episode 48 on 10 reasons to ditch discounting and five things to do instead. And that conveniently came out during the, the week of black Friday. And I remember hearing from friends of mine, clients of mine going, Oh shit, I just put a discount on. Am I, am I a bad person? Did I do this wrong? No, it's all about intention. So there's certainly a handful of, of episodes that, that I love. And I loved listening to Liz sends them to me about a week before they go out and I listen in my own car. And I love when I have my own like, fuck yeah, moments like, yeah, I'm glad I said that. I didn't know that sounded that way. It's, it's quite neat within the last week. I've, I've reconnected with somebody who just started listening and she tells me some of her favorite lines or what she loves about the podcast. And she said, I'm on episode 13. And I said, you're on episode, like, it gets so much better than that. If you love it at episode 13, like call me at episode 45, because I know you and I have just honed our skills and gotten much clearer on the person who's listening to us. What do they need to hear? Because all we're looking for is that, that sigh of relief, that fuck yeah moment that somebody gets me. And it's a thrill when we get that. So for our listeners tuning in today, they may have realized the podcast has a slightly different look and feel, new branding on Instagram and on the website and on the podcast today. Tell me all about it, AW, because oh, it is bold and beautiful. I am in love with it. I am so in love with it. It is about two months in the making and it was the right time because I knew that going into 2022, I wanted my brand to look different. Again, following this, this comfort and this confidence with who I am, who I want to be, what I want to be known for, the visual identity that existed before was beautiful and it served its purpose and I outgrew it. So the new brand is, is much bolder. There's one little, well, I mean, designers are, are brilliant human beings. I worked with Natasia designs on this project who has done my branding and visual identity for both companies, as well as the original AW branding and now the rebrand. And 
she is so thoughtful as a designer, as a maker. We will link to her in the show notes. Um, Natasia designs and Natasia makes just, she's an incredible human being. And there's all these little pieces that are so intentional. So one thing that I think I'm most proud of is you'll notice this bright yellow color, which is so not me, right? I'm black and white with red lipstick and the yellow came out and it's a little nod to me as a teacher. It's this highlighter yellow that has this boldness. It has a listen up, pay attention. And there's, there's some grit in there. There are little images of, of stars that kind of get the fame piece. And it just feels so me. It feels bold. It feels unapologetic. And it tells people like, I'm not your grandma's speaker. I'm not going to show up with a boring PowerPoint presentation. Like put your seatbelt on. There's good shit happening here. And the timing is, is beautiful. As we kick off a whole another year of podcasting, we're going into year three and I could not be happier about, about the branding. The photos are all paired beautifully and I've been really excited for, for the reveal. I just, I can't wait. I, I want to hear what you think is the bottom line. Um, listening to this episode, seeing us on Instagram, I am explicitly asking for that feedback. I want to know from you, what does this say about the AW brand? What does this say about Amanda Wagner that it didn't before or that was hidden before? Because there are, there are things that, that our audience and our listeners and our viewers pull out that sometimes we miss. And so I want to know what you see in my brand, what that is signaling to you so that I can take that energy into 2022. Well, that is the end of your performance review. <laughs> Thank you for your hard work this year. <laughs> I look forward to my rubric. How did I do? We'll talk about my areas for improvement off the air. <laughs> I can't believe that the year has come to an end, that we did another 25 episodes this year. And this is a milestone 50 for us today. I know. Consistency is a better friend than inspiration. And there's such a huge source of pride for me to know that we have done this every two weeks, rain or shine. And, and 50 is a big one. That's nothing to sneeze at. Our next episode, it's not in two weeks. It's on January 12th. But if you miss us in the next few weeks, I recommend going back to episode 41, which is about getting into the groove after a break or vacation. If you're headed back to work in early January and you think you need a boost and we don't have a new episode for you yet, that's okay. There's lots for you to dive back into. Episode 41 would be a, a good one to, to revisit. And please join us on Instagram. I love a message, a voice message. If you need a pep talk, hit me up. Because as you know, when I get to excite other people, it excites me. It works in both ways. So I'm always happy to deliver a pep talk. A you got this. And more than anything, if you have something kick-ass to celebrate, even if we have never worked together before, or we are just on the internet, 
invitation is open. Send me a DM and say, I need to celebrate something and share your win. I will send you back a very excited video or message with a thousand exclamation points. Um, but I am in your corner to celebrate it all. Thank you for being such wonderful listeners and subscribers and Instagram followers and newsletter readers and, and real watchers and all of those things. This is such a wonderful community to be a part of. And it has been just a lovely year. Thank you, Liz. I am so glad you're here. I was so uh, tickled with somebody that I met yesterday who said, who introduced me and said, this is Amanda. She has this amazing podcast to four other women in the room and said, oh, and you have to meet LP. And I, I messaged you right after and sent a video and said, nothing pleases me. Like when people refer to you as LP and me as AW and we kind of get to become people's friends through through their earbuds, through their phones. And there, there's really no greater joy. I can't wait to be back on January 12th with episode 51. I also can't wait for the break. Liz and I are very good at taking real, true, restful breaks. And this is your permission slip to take one in whatever form it looks like. We hope you have a wonderful holiday season. January 12th, mark it on your calendars. Until then, we will see you on the internet. damn good episode that felt so good episode 50 yeah I told someone that yesterday because they asked like oh so how long have you been doing the podcast I want to be like two fucking years every two weeks <laughs> like I was so proud because there are so many podcasts that we see that it's like oh yeah you made it to episode six and then you realize that this is hard and not profitable and yeah <laughs> and all of the things and like oh shit you have to write scripts for this every two weeks yeah, this is this work is not for weenies. No weenies here. No weenies here. We are not weenies.